So the Bible tells a story here about a man called Jairus who went to see Jesus. And so Mark chapter 5, verse 22, in your notes there, it says, Then one of the synagogue leaders named Jairus came, and when he saw Jesus, he fell at his feet. He pleaded earnestly with him, My little daughter is dying. Please come and put your hands on her so that she will be healed and live. So Jesus went with him. We see some things about this man Jairus in this passage as we looked at. One, first of all, we can see that he was a man of importance. The Bible says that he was a ruler. You don't become a man of importance unless you have some strength to your character. Uh, he had taken hold of life and, and he had made it happen for him. He had climbed his way to the top of the chosen field in which he had. If he, uh, if he could have made the command, he would have commanded that his daughter be healed. Uh, but he wasn't able to do that. See, life will always throw things at you. Uh, that leaves you vulnerable, that throws you off course. Life, life will present things to you that in your own strength you cannot handle. Uh, they are just too big for you. Uh, they, they're just things that are way beyond uh, your reach that you, you cannot fix by yourself. That's what happened here in Jairus's life. Secondly, he was a man who had a faith in God. He was a synagogue leader. Synagogue rulers took responsibility for the administration of the synagogue and to make sure that the traditions uh, were kept. He had chosen to uh, focus his life career on the work of the synagogue, which uh, shows to me that the worship of God was important to him. He was an educated man because he was, uh, the synagogue rulers had to be uh, schooled in the traditions and the faith of Israel. Then we find that he was a rich man. He could have and would have been able to buy whatever he wanted to, whatever he needed to be happy in life. And, and uh, he does the thing that only really rich people understand. Uh, he used his strength against his weakness. Uh, see, people that have got some money can do things that those that do not have money are, are not able to do. Uh, rich people, they have contacts in their cell phone. Uh, they can talk to people in high places, they can uh, make contacts, they can get to people that most of us are not able to get to. And uh, so uh, this man, he had enough money to get to Jesus, but his money wasn't enough to be able to heal his daughter. And then we find that he had a tender heart. He had this 12-year-old daughter, the delight of her daddy's eyes, he loved her, he would do anything for her. He could get to Jesus, he went to Jesus and he said, my daughter is at the point of death. He said, I need you to go and fix it. See, nothing makes you feel more vulnerable than one of your children uh, going through something that you're not able to help them with and you, you, you see them hurting and you feel helpless, you feel, feel worried. Uh, she was at the point of death and so Jairus went to Jesus and Jesus drops everything to do a house call. Can't imagine that. Get a house call from Jesus. That was pretty special. That was a big deal. I kind of think the story of their life went something like this that Maybe they met each other and, uh, and uh, they were walking along a moonlit beach and they were planning their lives together. They were going to get married and they're going to have some children. They're going to have one, two, five, seven, ten, like my mum and dad had ten children. Some don't know when to stop. I'm glad they didn't stop at number six or I wouldn't have been here. But anyway, and uh, you know, then along came this little girl, like this cute little baby girl. One day she said, Dada, you know, oh, you know. Like millions have said it beforehand, but it was like special because it was own little girl uh, that said it. Those of us that have daughters, you know, we know that they have their mothers twisted around their little finger, don't they? They just get, 
get away with anything that they like. And no doubt they enjoyed their little girl and, you know, when she was little, she would have climbed all over him and slobbered all over him and it didn't really matter. It was his little girl. But one day, mum and dad noticed that something was wrong. The bedroom was tidy. There was food in the fridge. Uh, she was, wasn't hunched over her cell phone all day. She didn't want to go shopping for clothes. And uh, she gradually just got worse and worse. She was just 12 years old. See, we can be going along fine in life and then all of a sudden something happens. Goals are being reached one day and then tragedy strikes the, the next day. One day the family is whole, the next day your whole world caves in. Someone you love is gone. Someone is struck down, maybe somebody's diagnosed with something really serious. Terrible things happening and life that was full then all of a sudden is gone. Some of you have walked this path. Some of you may be walking this path today. And in the middle of it all, you're kind of asking, God, where are you? Where is God in all of this? I, I don't know which way to turn. And, and so this man, he just would have watched his daughter, would have just been going down and down and down. And, and he would have done everything that he could. You know, they would have called for doctors. Thank, you know, thank God for doctors. I'd be dead today if it wasn't for doctors uh, a few times over. And, uh, but if it wasn't for their skills, and this man here, he could, he could afford the very best. But when you don't get answers to your questions, then you begin to look elsewhere. And some people, they turn to quacks or they, they, they turn to some sort of demonic area to, to try and they get so desperate trying to find an answer to their need. But this man here, we find Jairus, he turned to Jesus. See, kind of, does God heal? Does Jesus really heal? He was watching what was happening with Jesus' ministry. Can he help me? Can he help my little girl? See, all, all of Jairus' contemporaries, they, they had rejected Jesus, uh, but not Jairus, he had a need. Folks, needs are very important things in your life. Needs can drive you to the storehouse of heaven. Your need can be your point of contact with God. You know, it's in the ministry of Jesus. Jesus never wasted a need. Remember the story of the loaves and the fishes and they fed the 5,000 and maybe 20,000 if there were children there as well. And, and um, then Jesus said to the disciples, go and pick up the scraps. I can't think, if he wanted some more food, why didn't he make some more food? Like the scraps didn't, wouldn't have been very appealing, would they? You know, I don't know what they were. You know, they didn't get, don't get proper fish like we get here. They would have been like little sardines. And like little sardines that people have been picking at and, and bread that pe people have been picking at. And it doesn't sound very appetizing to keep for a second meal. But Jesus said to pick up the scraps. See, if Jesus shows there that he doesn't waste things in life, will Jesus waste the things that you are going through with your life? Stuff that doesn't make sense to you, needs that maybe you have, you know, needs can drive you into the storehouse of heaven. It would have been easy for Jairus just to uh, follow his peers, just to be cynical about Jesus, to reject Jesus, but he'd been watching, he'd been listening with an open mind. He would rather lose his friends than lose his daughter. Then in the middle of the story, in this passage here, we find that there's another person that comes to Jesus with a need. You pick that up in verse 24 there. It says, a large crowd followed and pressed around him. 
And a woman was there who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years and she had suffered a great deal under the care of many doctors and had spent all she had and yet instead of getting better she grew worse. And when she heard about Jesus she came up behind him in the crowd and touched his cloak because she thought if I just touch his clothes I will be healed. Notice this lady, 12 years this lady had been sick. It started the same time as what this little girl was born. 12 years is a long time to be feeling sick and to be losing strength. And so we have this 12-year-old girl uh, who is dying, but her father now has an appointment with Jesus. Jesus is going to make a house call. But then we have, on the other hand, this lady who has been sick for 12 long years. And this woman, she doesn't have an appointment with Jesus. Both cases were terminally ill. Both cases were in crisis mode. Both cases were a tremendous need that needed a touch from Jesus. Two things about this lady that I get out of this one. One, she could have given up. See, if, she, if you had blood running from your body, then you were regarded as un, unclean in the community and she wouldn't have had much religious life or much social life during his time. And if it persisted, then you were in real trouble because if you had blood that was continually running from your body, then you were a reject in society and so you were an outcast. You were regarded as an unclean person. And many of these people, they, they were even put out of their homes. They couldn't uh, eat with their families, with their friends. They had to live often on the outskirts of the uh, city and, and terrible conditions. They were marked people and they were like that until they died. So for 12 years, this lady, she must have known like shame beyond all shame. See, we all know what it's like to be a human being. Except all in the community, we enjoy uh, meeting with our friends and family, sitting around the table and and having a meal and go out with your mates, maybe go to church like we've done this morning. But when you're sick, you do not live a normal life. This woman here, she wasn't going out, she wasn't hanging out with her friends, she wasn't hanging around, she wasn't going out and having a coffee or anything like that, no social life, because sickness disconnects you from society. If you don't believe that, just go up to the hospital and have a wander around. People disconnected from society. See, this woman, she never began like this. The Bible tells us that she had financial security. She had a home. She had lost a lot. She had spent it all on, on doctors, you know, and, and, and now she was poor. No doubt they gave to her wonder drugs. You wonder what they do to you? She probably had like so many tablets that when she walked, she rattled. You know, she, she had gone from being someone who was acceptable to somebody who was rejected and, and poverty. Can, can you imagine the scars that must have been on her emotions? They would have needed healing also. See, people like this lady, wherever they went, they were supposed to, because they were unclean, they were meant to call out, unclean, unclean, so people could, could take a wide berth around them, not come in contact uh, with them in some way. You know, maybe you can identify with her, maybe you kind of felt rejected in life. You know, the Bible says to us that God restores our soul. God restores our soul. Our soul is our mind, our will, our emotions. You may have been through some stuff in your life that has really scarred your emotions, scarred your soul. To restore means to make whole again. God can do that for you. God will restore your soul, your mind, your will, your emotions. She could have made excuses. She could have said, oh, I'm not important, I won't bother him. 
I've tried before, why try again? You know, but when, when, when you get so low that, that, that if you looked up, you could see the belly of a cockroach, man, you feel like you can make excuses to stay in bed and feel justified in making those kind of excuses. Then we find that she had persistence. This woman, she defied every custom. She defied the law, she defied her fears, she defied everyone, she hid her condition, she crept through the crowd, she pushed her way through, she thought, if I can just get hold of the hem of his garment, I will get well. If I can just get hold of the hem, why the hem of his garment? Well, the men in those days, they had a blue band around the hem of their garment that reminded them that they were the children of God. She thought, I don't need to be like this. I'm a child of God. I shouldn't be sick like this. I should be well. If I can just, if I can just get hold of the hem of his garment. That was her point of contact, her point of faith. She says, I know I will be well again if I can do that. I, she decided I can do that. If I, got, I don't know how I'm going to get through this crowd. I have forced my way through. I'm not meant to be here. I'm meant to be calling out unclean. But if I can push through, maybe I might have to crawl. If I have to crawl along the ground and get in, but if I can just get hold of the hem of his garment, then I can be made whole again. You know, I, I don't need an appointment with Jesus. I don't need a house call from Jesus. If I can just get hold of the hem of his garment, I can be whole. And the Bible says there in verse 29, and it says, Immediately her bleeding stopped and she felt in her body that she was freed from her suffering. And at once Jesus has realized power had gone out from him and she turned, he turned around in the crowd asking, who touched my clothes? You can see people crowding around you, the disciples answered, and yet you asked, who touched me? Jesus asked this amazing question, who touched me? Like, I'm, I'm used to crowds. I'm used to people that are pushing all around me and, and, and pushing against me and, and I'm used to reaching out and touching people, but who touched me? Who touched me? Somebody reached out. See, if you can get radical enough, if you're going through something today, if you have a need today, if you have something that you, 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 you're wanting from God, if you can get radical enough that whatever it takes, whatever it takes for my life to get better, whatever it takes for me to be made whole, whatever it takes for me to get out of this dungeon, if I've got to crawl on my hands and knees, whatever it takes, I'm going to reach out. Whatever it takes, I'm all in. See, you can't be, just be a recipient of, of God's blessing. You know, you have to do something. You know, maybe, maybe you've been praying to God about something. God, I need this. God, this is my dream. God, this is my hope. God, I, I, need, I need healing from this. Or, you know, you need to do something. Maybe God is saying to you that he's as close to you today as he's ever going to be to you. But you have to step out. You have to do something. Nothing's going to change until you change. It's not going to get better until you make a move. You know, stop waiting for something to happen. You know, nothing is going to happen until you crawl out of your circumstances. You take a step. Verse 32, it says, But Jesus kept looking around to see who had done it. And then the woman, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell at his feet, trembling with fear, and told him the whole truth. He said to her daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace and be free from your suffering. Folks, that is faith. Reach out and touch Jesus. And power from on high will be released into your situation. You know, look to Jesus. Don't look to the crowd. Don't look to your condition. 
you know, just look to Jesus. And Jesus said, if you keep on knocking, if you keep on seeking, the, the, the word in here, my understanding is in the Greek it means continuous. If you keep on doing it, if you keep on knocking, if you keep on seeking, if you keep on pushing in, you say, well, I've done it before and it didn't work, do it again. Yeah, I've tried. Nothing happened. Try again. I had a go and I failed. Get up and have another go. Keep on knocking. Keep on seeking. Keep on pushing in. Don't give up. Try again. Remember the story about the man that had the withered hand? And Jesus asked him to do an impossible thing. And if you've got a withered hand, like everything's withered up, the hand's withered up, the bones, everything's withered up. And Jesus says, stretch out your hand. He asks him to do an impossible thing. Maybe God has been putting something onto your heart. You've been carrying a dream in your heart. There's something inside of you that you want to reach out and do something, but you feel like it's an impossible thing that God is saying to you. And Jesus said, reach out your arm. You know, and it says there's a story about the, this man here that, that, that as he began to stretch it out, you know, he began to stretch it out. Suddenly there became a point where the power of God began to flow and his arm became whole. See, in your reaching out for Jesus, there comes a point of release where your faith will touch God and, and power will begin to flow and, and Jesus will say, who touched me? Power has gone out of me, your faith has healed me. That's what happened to this woman. See, there were multitudes that were surrounding Jesus, that were pressing in into Jesus, touching Jesus, but only one touched Jesus in faith. This lady who had suffered for 12 years was made whole again. I kind of think, while all of this was going on, here's this man and he's got this daughter, 12 years old, she's dying. He kind of would have been thinking, Lord, it's my daughter. Don't let Jesus get held, held up. You know, I know what's happening to this lady is important, but my daughter's important to me. Don't let, don't let him get held up. You know, Lord, make it so that he can get moving again. You know, let him come. Let Jesus come quickly. And it says here in verse 35, it says, while Jesus was still speaking, some people came from the house of Jairus, the synagogue leader. Your daughter is dead, they said. Why bother the teacher anymore? A member of his household arrives and says, it's too late. Don't trouble Jesus anymore. She's gone. She's dead. Can you imagine the torment that must have gone on inside of his mind? There's something about death, isn't there, that, that, that humanity that we can't get hold of, we can't change it. There's, you know, you think, she's gone. Nothing. It's all over. It's finished. His mind must have been screaming, God, why? why? Why did this happen? I kind of think some of the stages that he must have gone through, you know, there's that whole stage of hopelessness, isn't there? When, when you know, the hopelessness of, of humanity when faced with death. He needed a power that was, that was greater than his. You know, have you known times in your life where you're facing something where you need a power that is greater than the power that you've got? We need God. We need his help. A dream's died inside of you. Maybe you're facing a crisis. You need God. You need hope again. Jairus must have had this feeling in this situation. All of his education. All of his money. 
all of his position in life, the contacts that he would have had, none of it could help him now. The situation was hopeless. Jesus begins to speak to Jairus. He says in verse 36 there, Jesus told him, don't be afraid, just believe. What's that, Jesus? Don't be afraid, just believe. Jesus, are you talking to me? Maybe there's a chance. What are you saying, Jesus? See, there's this stage of hope, isn't there, that, that, that we come to. Somehow the words of Jesus gave him the power just to keep walking again and, and, and allowed hope to begin to, to be birthed in, in, inside of him. Is that true? You know, just think about it. How many times when we're faced with impossible situations, we're faced maybe with death, we're faced with something that, that is beyond our control, and yet the word of God comes into our heart. There's nothing this, on this earth that is like the word of God. That the word of God can come and speak to us and comfort us and put something inside of us that, that in the midst of darkness and despair, all of a sudden hope begins to get birthed again. I think we can rise again. Life begins to get birthed again. You know, we, we have that little saying that where there's life, there's hope. I kind of think the opposite is true, isn't it? That where there is hope, there is life. And, and so began one of the greatest walks that two men have ever walked. I don't know if there's a greater walk than this one. Maybe when God walked with Enoch and Enoch uh, was, no, was no more because God took him. But this is one of the greatest walks that you could ever think of. Here's Jesus walking, Jesus in peace walking with this man that's in total despair and yet there's a little birthing, there's a little inkling of hope that's beginning to come into his life. I wonder how Jesus spoke to him. I don't know, but I kind of think that the conversation would have gone something like this. Jesus would have been saying, don't be afraid, just believe. If you believe, you will see the glory of God. Don't be afraid, just believe. If you believe, you'll see the glory of God. That's what Jesus spoke, wasn't it, when he was faced with the death of Lazarus? He said to the people, don't be afraid, just believe. If you believe, you'll see the glory of God. He faced death then and he broke the power of death over Lazarus. And, and, and somehow the words of Jesus began to get into the spirit of Jairus and hope began to get born again, birthed again within him. The turmoil began to drain out of him. The fear would have began, begun to drain out of him. Folks, if you believe, you will see the glory of God. Faith is let loose when we believe. See, the question is not, does God perform miracles? If I asked you, does God perform miracles? You would all say, yeah, God performs miracles. The question is not, does God perform miracles? But the question is, will God do a miracle for me? See, the, the question is not, can God do it? We'd say, yeah, God can do anything. But will God do it for me? See, how do we get God to do something for us? Well, we reach out in faith. We learn the secrets of faith as we, as we begin to reach out in faith and, and we begin to touch God in faith. If I can just lay hold of the hem of the garment, somehow as we touch God in faith, the power of God begins to flow into that situation we find ourselves in. They arrived in verse 38, it says, When I came to the home of the synagogue leader, 
Jesus saw a commotion with people crying and wailing loudly and he went in and said to them, why all this commotion and wailing? The child is not dead but asleep. But they laughed at him. They used to have professional mourners in those days and so uh, when somebody died they would uh, get on the phone and and uh, bring up and say, hey, come on, uh, Dan would uh, come and be a professional mourner, and he's just about to come, and uh, he would start wailing over the body and crying and wailing and making a terrible racket there. You know, it's a real dead-end job, that one. You know, it was a terrible job to have. But it says, you know, that's what they did, and it says there in verse 40, it says, after he put them all out, he took the child's father and mother and the disciples who were with him and went in where the child was. And he took her by the hand and said to her, little girl, I say to you, get up. And immediately the girl stood up and began to walk around. And she was 12 years old. At this they were completely astonished. The one that everyone thought was dead. The one that everybody thought would never be anything again. The one that everyone thought would never get up again. The one that everyone thought her future was over. The one that everyone thought she was down, never to be seen again. He said, little girl, get up. See, you may have something inside of you that has died. You may have a dream inside of you that has died. You may be someone that everybody thought. Everybody thought you would never amount to anything. Everybody thought that you would never accomplish that dream that you've got in your heart. Everybody thought that you were just consigned to mediocrity. The one that everybody thought, if you can touch God in faith, into that situation the power of God is released and God will move in a hopeless situation. Keep pushing into God. Keep reaching out in hope. Put out the commotion. Put out the commotion. You know the commotion is the the doubts and the lies and everybody's thoughts and all of those things that people keep speaking to you. Put out the commotion and let Jesus come in. Let's just pray. Father, I just pray over this congregation this morning. Lord, I, I know in a congregation like this, we all carry things. We call, all carry hopes and dreams. We carry things, oh God, some which maybe we've walked away from thinking that it's something that is dead, that is never going to happen. And Father, I just pray, oh God, Lord, that you'll allow hope to begin to be birthed again. Maybe this morning, oh God, Lord, Lord, the little door of hope is just opening up in someone's life just believe and you will see the glory of God just believe and you will see the glory of God 